Should a church be forced to allow a man into a woman's restroom if he says he's a woman? Should a Christian adoption agency be forced to adopt a child to a same-sex couple? Should a licensed therapist be prevented from discussing sexual orientation with someone who is in question of their personal orientation? That story coming up on Hidden Headlines Plus. President Trump makes good on more promises to Christians, Jews, and conservatives at large. A Muslim state representative in Pennsylvania says her Christian colleague is guilty of Islamophobia. Perhaps she's guilty of Biblephobia. And the mother-daughter YouTube stars who talk to the God Pan and declare women should have no more children. Hidden Headlines. Faith, family, freedom, the news and views you certainly will not hear anywhere else. For this, the last week of March 2019, I'm Brian Sussman. Thanks for joining me. All of the stories that we're talking about today can be found on my blog at briansussman.com. Well, let's dive in. President Trump has been doing some great, great work. And opposite him, Nancy Pelosi, leader of the Democrats, has been doing the kind of work that Trump supporters don't want to see done. The latest poll came out from Rasmussen today. Donald Trump has a 50% approval rating among likely voters. On the other hand, the Democrats and their agenda has about a 49% approval rating. So the country's split down the middle. Well, here's where Nancy Pelosi wants to go. She wants the Equality Act. It sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Equality. But this act isn't about equality at all. This bill eviscerates religious freedom and targets churches with an LGBT wrecking ball. So, the United States Supreme Court, as you know, ruled in favor of a Christian baker named Jack Phillips when he refused to endorse same-sex marriage through his business. People wanted the same-sex wedding cake. As a Christian man, he said, you know... Maybe you should go to another store for that. And religious rights specifically were protected in the Supreme Court ruling that what he did was A-OK. But this House bill, this new House bill that Nancy Pelosi is pushing, specifically forbids raising religious free exercise as a claim or defense to the LGBT agenda. Therefore, a church would be forced to allow a man into a woman's restroom if he says, I'm a woman. Therefore, the Christian Adoption Agency would have to send a baby home with two men. Or the Christian counselor who has a client in his or her office who says, my sexual orientation, I'm having difficulty, I'm having challenges, etc. That Christian counselor would not be able to counsel that person accordingly. So this is the Democrat-sponsored bill in the United States House called the Equity Act, the Equality Act. And it would strip Christians of their rights in every one of the instances that I just mentioned. Now, this bill essentially amends the Civil Rights Act of 1964. It strikes the word sex and inserts sex, comma, sexual orientation, comma, gender identity, as protected classes throughout the federal code. So this amendment would apply to employment and housing and rentals and public accommodation and churches and more. It would, it would include Christian schools, 
as I mentioned, the faith-oriented adoption agencies, foster parents, even parents who have custody of their own children, if they oppose a child's, quote, right to transition to a person of the other sex. So in other words, let's say you've got a, a daughter and the daughter is, for whatever reason, reason feeling pressure to identify as a man. If you tried to stop your daughter from going down that road, saying, honey, you know what? We need to take a little time away. Let's go on a vacation. Let's talk. Um, let's talk to family members. Hey, I've even got a great professional I'd like you to speak with. Guess what? You're guilty. A parent could actually be guilty of properly parenting their own child in this situation. This bill literally sets the stage for setting up the Bible as prohibited material because the Bible addresses homosexuality. So friends, you need to contact your, your Democrat representative on this ASAP and let them know that you are not in favor, in no way, shape, or form in favor of this new Equality Act. And those are marching orders for you on this edition of Hidden Headlines. Uh, let's continue, because on Hidden Headlines, I would also like to talk about politics and religion. Isn't that interesting? Those are the two things you're never supposed to talk about together in public. Well, guess what? We're in private. It's Hidden Headlines. You're listening to me, and I'm talking to you. Folks, it's, it's a brand new day in America, and it's not necessarily a good day for authentic Christians and observant Jews. As the Muslim enclaves of America, America grow larger, and why are they growing larger? Immigration and fertile wombs, and to a lesser degree, proselytization. But uh, more from that religion are being elected now at the state and federal level. And they're emboldened by their political power. These Muslim politicians are doing what their predecessors have done throughout history. They're taking an unyielding stand for their God, and they will mow down anyone who stands in their way. Indeed, here's what their holy book says. Now, I'm not making this up. My argument to back up what I'm saying comes from their holy book, the Quran, 61.4. Truly, Allah loves those who fight for his cause in battle array, as if they were a solid, cemented structure. Quran 476. Those who do battle for the cause of Allah and those who disbelieve do battle for the cause of idols. So fight the minions of the devil. Lo, the devil's strategy is ever weak. Anyone who is not of their faith is an infidel, and they see you as an enemy, and they will mow you down in this in whatever the setting may be in this particular case it's a political setting and i'll get to the story in just a moment now as for their populace growing by way of having babies let me just remind you of something and this will be new to some of you uh, the founder of the palestine liberation movement that would be um yasser arafat once smugly said this the womb of the Arab woman is my strongest weapon. The womb of the Arab woman is my strongest weapon. So Christianity remains the largest religion in America. But as the number of authentic followers of Jesus levels off, and as the Jewish population, second largest religion in America, 
remains flat. Islam, they say, according to statisticians who follow this stuff, Islam will be the second largest religion in America by 2040. 2040. So here's the story. Pennsylvania's first female Muslim lawmaker in the General Assembly of Pennsylvania accused a Republican colleague of Islamophobia. So this is a representative named Stephanie Borowitz. Stephanie, um, formerly a stay-at-home mom, a born-again, solid rock Christian. Everybody knows this. It was her day to pray before Pennsylvania's General Assembly. And she gave a Jesus prayer. She said, Jesus, you are only hope. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are Lord. So basically what she was doing, and by the way, I have the entire prayer at briansussman.com. You can read it for yourself. But she delivered a prayer that was in keeping with the truths of the Bible. She also uh, thanked God for Donald Trump standing with Israel. Well, okay, that's offensive to the Muslim. Uh, The name of Jesus being the name at which every knee will bow and every tongue confess, that's offensive to the Muslim. And so the first Muslim lawmaker in Pennsylvania, Movita Johnson Harrell, was ticked off and said, the prayer was highly offensive to me, my guests, and other members of the house. This was the day she was being sworn in, by the way. And she was very, very upset. Highly offensive to me, my guests, and other members of the house. In a statement published by the Pennsylvania Capital Star, this Muslim woman said she was elected to, quote, help build bipartisan and collaborations regardless of race or religion to enhance the quality of life for everyone in the, turn page, Commonwealth. Well, that's what she says, but to me and my experience, that's generally speaking not what those from that particular persuasion want to do. It's not about collaboration. It's not about bipartisanship. Really and truly, it's about their way or the highway. Now, how dare I say that? Well, all you have to do is look at the history of the 57 Muslim nations in the world. Those Muslim nations were always were not always Muslim nations. They became Muslim nations once the population of Muslims be, uh, hit 51%. And then they went pell-mell and took over. So they may talk about bipartisanship and collaboration and cooperation initially, but again, looking at the historical template, once they reach critical mass and have 51%, that's it. Now, it's interesting because the House Minority Whip, Jordan Harris, I know nothing about this man, but he said, quote, let me be clear, I'm a Christian. I spend my Sunday mornings in church worshiping and being thankful for all I have. But in no way does that mean I would flop my religion at those who worship differently than I do. There is no room in our Capitol building for actions such as this, and it is incredibly disappointing that today's opening prayer was so divisive. So first of all, uh, Mr. Jordan Harris, I'll just assume that you're a Christian. I don't know. But a lot of people just go to church on Sundays. There are cultural Christians as opposed to as opposed to authentic followers of Jesus. I get that. But it's a brand new day and age in America. So you better get ready, sir. If you're going to allow for prayer by your representatives before the various meetings of the legislature, you better be ready because the Christian can bring their prayer. My Jewish brother or sister can bring his or her prayer. 
the Hindu, the Buddhist, whatever you want, it's coming. It's coming. So when it comes, let it happen. Let there be, if you're all about equality, let, let the Muslim come up and give their prayer. Let the Christian come up and give their prayer. But there's no reason why this Christian should have to moderate her prayer language, which, by the way, comes right from the Bible. Now, I'll just continue with this. She also, so I'm reading here uh, some of the, as she finished her prayer, by the way, it was just almost hilarious. Some Pennsylvania Democrats were triggered. I mean, people started shouting out, objection! <laughs> how, do you, how do you object with a prayer? <laughs> objection! As the woman finished up her prayer, she said objection. But um, the other part of the equation here is you have this Muslim representative so offended. Now she's calling her Republican Christian colleague an Islamophobe. Uh, let's turn this around for just a moment. Listen, if you have a problem with Christianity being phobic, maybe, maybe you're the Bible-phobe. Maybe you're the Christian-phobe. Maybe you're the Jewophobe, because this book, this holy book, the Bible, the Torah, the prophets, the writings, the gospels, the epistles, all the, those have been around a lot longer than Islam has. So if you got a problem and you want some historical context, look no further than the book that was written by very, very godly men, some of whom knew God face to face. I'm thinking Moses. I'm thinking Paul. I'm thinking, hello, Jesus, who was God. Next story on, again, you can read all about that at briansussman.com. Well, um, I will tell you, this is a huge story that virtually got no attention whatsoever. Uh, everyone's been focused on the Mueller reports and Jesse Smollett. This is a huge story. This is Donald Trump signing an executive order directing the government to take action in protecting free speech on college campuses. This comes as the result of conservatives who've been attacked, who've been threatened, who've been silenced on college campuses across the country, especially since Donald Trump has been elected president. So we had this, of course, I'm broadcasting from the San Francisco Bay Area. We had this situation just recently at the University of California, Berkeley, which is so interesting. UC Berkeley was the heart of the free speech movement in the 1960s. Now, I, I wasn't around for that. Uh, I wasn't around to see all of that. I went to college much, much later. But as I understand it, the free speech movement was such that you could say anything on any college campus. It was all about, you know, you're a communist, get on, get on a soapbox and start preaching communism. You're one of these born-again Christians, hey, start speaking about Jesus. Uh, you believe that there is life on Mars, get up there and talk about it. I mean, that's what free speech was in the 60s. I'm okay with that today. I don't care what you're popping off about. Because, hey, listen, if you believe it, if you really believe it, if you really believe, your speech represents your beliefs and your beliefs are your property. And this country was founded on life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, which actually, if you research it a bit, is the, is the, the freedom to property. And what is your property? It's not just your material possessions. It's the stuff between your ears. So we've got a situation now on college campuses. Oh my gosh, you start talking about Donald Trump. Boom, I'll pop you upside the head. 
You start talking about your conservatism. Boom, I'll get you off this campus. You start talking about Jesus. Oh, no, no, you're an Islamophobe. This is wrong, folks. So we had the situation at UC Berkeley a couple weeks ago where a guy named Hayden Williams was punched in the face. It's all on video for supporting the president and his conservative policies. So Trump has this signing ceremony and he explains how under the quote, under the guise of speech codes and safe places and trigger warnings, these universities have tried to restrict free speech and thought. They impose total conformity and they shut down the voices of great young Americans. So what is he doing? I think this is brilliant. Listen, all of these schools receive federal funds. There are only a few schools in the United States that don't receive federal funding. I could go through the list for you, but they include, well, the school my daughter went to, Hillsdale College in Michigan is one that does not. Uh, You've got Grove City College in Pennsylvania. It does not. Patrick Henry College in Virginia is another one of those. But the bottom line is all but, I think, 15 or so colleges in America receive the federal funding. So this executive order requires colleges and universities to meet their existing legal obligations to ensure free speech. And I'm telling you something. If they don't respect free speech, the Trump administration is going to see to it that federal funds are cut. Good. Money speaks. I love it. Continuing with another campaign promise uh, that Donald Trump has been able to fulfill Again, I've said this before, but I'll repeat it on Hidden Headlines. When this man was elected, quite frankly, I didn't know what to expect. Did you? I mean, based on his history, did you really know what to expect? I saw his campaign promises. They were brilliant. But in terms of what to expect, can I tell you something? This man is a man of his word when it comes to fulfilling these campaign promises. You can say whatever you want. He, you could say he's uncouth. I would say, well, yeah, he is. You could say that um, there are probably times when he could keep his mouth shut. Yeah, I, I would agree. You could say he's not very articulate. All right. So I'm just telling you, regarding his campaign promises, this guy's on a mission to fulfill them. That's why his approval rating's at 50%. So here's another one. He signed a proclamation recognizing Israel's sovereignty over the Golan Heights. So this reverses more than a half century of U.S. policy in the Middle East. Now, Golan Heights, Golan Shemites, what is this? In biblical times, the Golan Heights was referred to as Bashan. Or the word Golan derives it, it the, the, the word Golan, or name Golan, derives from the biblical city of Golan in Bashan. So the Golan Heights was Bashan. There was a city named Golan there. And that's why we call it the Golan Heights ever since Bible times. You can read about this, by the way, in Deuteronomy 4, Joshua 27. Um, the area was assigned to the tribe of Manasseh. So it's, it's been a part of Israel from the get-go. It's about 60 miles. It's about 60 miles without any major train obstacles because it's up high. It's like 1,700 feet high at its highest point, um, to Haifa and, uh, and uh, well, it's, it's very close to the industrial heartland of Israel, about 60 miles away. So if this is in the hand of an enemy, for example, Syria, if, if this is in the hands of an enemy, they could place rockets there 
and it would be a great threat to the nation of Israel, which is tiny. I mean, there's, there's one portion of Israel that's only six miles wide. You have to understand this. So this is from 48 to 67, it was controlled by Syria. Syria used the Golan as a military stronghold. Its troops randomly sniped at Israeli civilians below. And it was, it was, a, it was, it was a threatening territory. So it's been in the hands of Israel now for some time. The United States is the first country to recognize Israel's sovereignty over the Golan. This is something Trump campaigned on. It's something no other president has done. This is fantastic news. And the proclamation was witnessed by Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu earlier this week. So again, um, this isn't just something that, that guys like me, the Messianic Jew, are excited about. This should be exciting for everyone in America because our greatest ally, yay, our only ally in the Middle East, only true ally in the Middle East is Israel. So again, another huge story coming from Team Trump. Okay, I've got one more for you. <laughs> oh, what is this world coming to? This is one of the weirdest videos that I think I've ever seen on YouTube. I'd say it's hilarious, except for the fact that this new age mother-daughter team, they host this channel and they've got thousands of subscribers. And then doing a little research, I realize there are probably hundreds of thousands, I don't know, maybe even millions of adherents to what these people believe in the United States which tells me there is a vacuum, folks. There is a vacuum for the truth in this country. It's really true. But this, <laughs> I saw this video and I thought, okay, this is, this is a joke. And I'm st th then I was wondering, okay, is, does the daughter here have some impairments? Anyway, so a mother-daughter new age team. They talk to Greek gods like Pan they claim to pull energy out of thin air. They want to eliminate children on planet Earth. And they're demonizing moms all in one fell swoop. The duo is Lynn and Jamie McGonagall. So they're, promote some, they're promoting something called the Lightworkers Healing Method. It's a system of, quote, angelically guided energy healing with the goal of aligning us with our soul's life purpose. The method improves the present by working with higher dimension guides, angels, and light beings, as well as both our past and future lives, past and future lives, in a unique and powerful process. So you see them in these videos. And again, it's up at BrianSussman.com. They're wildly reaching above their heads as if they're stirring the air, and sewing imaginary quilts or something. Oftentimes the daughter's eyes are glazed over as if she's in a trance. I had somebody contact me uh, through my website, and they're saying, I, I think she might have some kind of some kind of mental issue. Real, I mean, some kind of serious mental issue. She might. I don't know. One person said, I think she's autistic. Another person said, I think she has Asperger's. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she's just under the trance of her mother, or maybe it's <clears throat> demonic. But her eyes are glazed over, and and as her mother is speaking, the daughter oftentimes says, that's true. That's true. That's true. Um, where they go with this, in this particular video uh, episode that I saw, 
while they're doing all these all this uh, this conjuring above their heads and movements and rapid eye stuff, they're saying we have enough friends. We have enough humans on the planet. We don't need any more humans. It's not okay for women to have babies. And stop contributing to the process and to the precepts that you're doing good by staying home and raising kids. We don't need children. If you find yourself pregnant, there are options and you can have an abortion. No babies. Cut off the baby factories. And the daughter's saying, that's true. That's true. So here's my take on this. First of all, whenever I hear somebody say, there are too many people on the planet, no more babies, uh, this is right from the pit of hell. Seriously. Listen, God wants to save, he's in the business of saving people. And he wants to save those babies. He wants them to grow up and come into a relationship with him so that they will live forever in heaven. As for this crap about future lives, you know, past lives, future lives, the, the Bible's very clear. There's only, you only have one life. Everyone's appointed one life and then the judgment. That's it. So you get this life and then you get life eternal. That's, that's it. You know, you can come up with all these. I have these past lives. I've got these future lives. Some people say what I do in this life will determine what I'm going to be like in the next life. And I'm thinking if that's really true, if you come back at a worm as a worm, how unfair is that? Here you are a worm and you don't know what the, what you, what you did to get there. How, that's not fair. You know, I'm going to, I, I have been studying One of my heroes in life is Billy Graham. And I'll leave you with this on Hidden Headlines. Billy Graham, every one of his messages revolved around five themes. And this this is coming right from his own words. So I'm 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 not making this up. I'm not reading into his life. This is right from him. One, life's needs are not totally met by social improvement and material affluence. So, you know, I'm here in the Silicon Valley. We got people slaying it. We got all these IPOs about ready to go up. People are making millions of dollars overnight. Guess what? Your material affluence, your social, your social improvement, where you are in society, that's not going to meet your life's needs. At the end of the day, there's going to be an emptiness. Okay, number two, there's a cosmic loneliness in people. There really is. Even the most wealthy, the most famous person, There is this loneliness we all have. People have a universal sense of guilt. Okay, do I know this? You think about this. We hear Jewish guilt all the time. Can I tell you something? It's true. But it's not just Jewish people. It's the Jewish people wear their guilt on their shirt sleeves. (laughs) Ask many of my friends and relatives. But the bottom line is all of us have this sense of guilt. We don't want to talk about it. But we feel guilty about things we've done, things we've said. Things maybe in some cases only we know about. There's a universal fear of death. I'll let that sink in for a moment. True or not true? True. There's an essential emptiness in every life, Billy Graham said, without Christ, and only God can fill it. So here's where I want to go in this hidden headlines. I just want to assure you that your needs, your loneliness, your guilt, your fear of death, that emptiness that you feel in everyday life situations can be, can be, can be cured, can be cured by simply saying yes, that Jesus is the way, truth, and life, and that you will surrender to him. So that's my preach for the day. That's it. 
Brian Sussman on Hidden Headlines. It's always a pleasure. Friends, it's always an honor to speak with you once a week on Hidden Headlines. Hope you'll spread the word. More on me, my story, and these stories can be found at briansussman.com. You can follow me, by the way, on Twitter, Brian underscore Sussman. Instagram, where I certainly have a lot of fun, Brian Sussman Show. And Facebook, Brian Sussman Show. Thanks for listening. Until next time, God bless.